today on Anchored in the Word. To stand for what's right. I mean, if we know, and I believe this, by the way, what we're reading right now, that there's a judgment coming on the world. I believe that. Now, if I believe that, I also believe that I'm going to escape that judgment, not because I'm a good person, because I have a Savior named Jesus, and He died for my sins. I'm going to escape that. I really believe that. Now, should I just say, well, la-di-da, you know, if you guys want to go to hell, go ahead. Go ahead and go. This is Anchored in the Word, the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Coastlands in Eatontown, New Jersey, with our pastor and teacher, Bill Beckelman. Christ warned us that just as he experienced persecution, we too will experience persecution. Pastor Bill teaches us in today's message that though we may face hardship, we must continue to be zealous to deliver the saving message of the gospel to a lost world. Why? Because there's coming a day of judgment for all of those who have not put their faith in Jesus. At the close of Pastor Bill's message, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Anchored in the Word. Subscribe to the podcast or simply get in touch with us. Now, here's Pastor Bill with today's edition of Anchored in the Word. It says, and the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. So the persecution, in that persecution, the church was drawing tighter together. They were a tighter unit. They were looking out for one another. They were loving one another even even closer. That was the result of the persecution that was happening as they trusted God in the persecution. We need more faith and more love. it's, It's good. Love is a good thing. Towards each other, he says, the verse, as a result of this, it says that they were bragging about this church in Thessalonians. They were going through the stuff. They were bragging about them in a, in a holy way, it says verse 4, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. Now, the Bible says, let somebody else blow your horn. Don't go and tell everybody... Don't go and tell everybody, boast about yourself, about how loving you are, faithful. But it's okay if somebody else wants to do that. It was encouraging to the rest of the body, to the rest of the church, when they said, look at these guys in Thessalonica, man. Look what they're going through, and look at what's happening to them as a result. The church was being built up. They were going through persecutions and tribulations. And he says that you endure. They were enduring it. Through God's grace, they were promised God's grace. Listen about God's grace. You don't get that before you actually need it. You can't store it up. It's sort of like manna in a sense. You know what I mean? God gives it right when you need it, not before. And he gives you enough. His grace is sufficient, the Bible says, just for what you have to go through. Now, if you're living in a situation, you're not experiencing the grace of God. You've got no peace. You've got no grace. Are you trusting God for it? Are you trying to figure it out or do it in your own strength? Or maybe you do what I, my first inclination to do is when persecution or 
tribulation comes. I want out of there. Don't you? When it first happens, I pray, oh, Lord, take this away. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm learning better not to do that. But that's to pray that it would go away. Get this out of here. Surely it shouldn't be happening to Christians. Or, you know, what have I done to deserve this? Well, you pray to receive Jesus as your Savior. That could be the case. Now, the tribulation that I'm talking about, just to be clear about this, because tribulation means trouble. Um, you can be persecuted for righteousness' sake. That's for doing what's right. Or you can be persecuted for other things. You can bring trouble upon yourself. There's a time in my life, and I'm not saying I'm perfect now, but there, you know, you do something that brings trouble to you. And you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you get in trouble with the law. You, you do other things because you did something wrong. That's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about the kind of trouble that happens when you do something right, when you come to Christ, when you're following Jesus. That is what he's talking about, not the other. If you're suffering for doing wrong, the Bible says, you know, you're reaping what you've sown. But this other thing he's talking about, there's a promise for God's grace through this. And he says, look what it, look what it is in verse 5. He says, which is, talking about persecutions and tribulations, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Verse 5 is going to tell us a couple things. One, there's a reward that's going to come in the future. Two, the reason you're suffering, if you're suffering for righteousness' sake, he was talking specifically about the church in the first century. It's happening all around the world. It's happening even in America in some one shape or form. He says, the reason it's happening to you is because you've been counted worthy of the kingdom of God. That's your crime. That's your crime as a Christian. You've been counted worthy of the kingdom of God. Now, I know this being preached here, not many of you probably have been around the world or experienced firsthand exactly uh, persecution that way, you know, or Fox's Book of Martyrs is a good book to read. But there is even persecution in America. There's a man who owns Chick-fil-A, who, who's the, not owns it, I mean, he's the general manager, GM, and he said this, he was being interviewed by, I believe, a Christian organization or something, and he mentioned his view or his, he believed in traditional marriage. That's what he said. He, his words were, I believe in traditional marriage. And then he went on to say, he went on to say that he's concerned that America is inviting judgment on itself by embracing, by redefining, wanting to redefine marriage. That's what he said. He was concerned that it's arrogant to try and tell the God of the universe that we're going to tell you what marriage is. We're going to tell you what marriage is. See, because marriage came from the, from the Word of God. It's from the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. Marriage is not man's idea. It's God's idea. He came up with it. He thought it was a good idea to, to, to uh, procreate and to, and to make this a foundation of, of society, the family, as it was prescribed by God. Now, he said what he said, and boy, he began to get, from every different angle, people were coming at him. Even This is the thing that really made the headlines, is that people in high places in the government, I'm talking about mayors and people like that in places like that, said things like, we're, we're going to block you restaurants from being put in our places, and they just attacked him. It was just to hear what they were saying and, and accusing him of, and um, by God's grace... 
There are laws enacted. We have a constitution that protects the freedom of speech. He didn't get up there and say, I hate gay people. I th he could even say that if he wanted to. That would be a hateful statement, and that would be a wrong thing to say as a Christian. You shouldn't even, that shouldn't be your heart. But he didn't say that. He just was standing up for, for his what he believes in traditional marriage, as it's defined in the Bible. And you saw the response to that. Now, that's persecution for righteousness sake. And we have laws that protected him. And, and by the way, when some people, when the people got their heads a little bit and they realized you can't do that in America. You can't, as a governmental person, threaten someone, bully someone just because you don't agree with what they believe in. It works both ways. You can't do it either way. There's a protection. Now, we have those protections in America today, and I'm glad we do. But I want to tell you something. It doesn't mean we're going to have them tomorrow. If there would have been no protection in the Constitution, don't think that that would have ended just like that. It would have kept going and going and going. Because look at the first century. They didn't have the protections that we have now set up in our, in our country. The point is, we have them today, but that doesn't mean we're going to always have them doesn't mean that. But we thank God for them, the protections we have today. But that's just a little view of it. The reason that that happened to him, believe it or not, is because they hate Jesus. That's what the Bible says. I don't care what they say with their lips or whatever, but they hate the Son of God. They don't hate that man. They don't even know the guy. They don't know who he is. They know nothing about him. He's a man who makes chicken, you know. Blessed of God, I got to tell you. I mean, you know, their stores are closed on Sundays. It's always been like that in their business. Just, you know, if you're in retail, especially when you're doing a restaurant, Sunday was our biggest day in the pizza business where we were. It was our biggest day. So to close your restaurant on that day is crazy if you think about it in business in the natural sense. But he believes in God. He believes he wants his people to be able to go to church on Sunday. And by the way, God says, those that honor me, I will honor them. Now, selling $4 billion worth of chicken in a year, I think that's pretty much being honored by somebody. And I think it's God. So he will honor those who honor him. But there's no promise that you won't be persecuted in this life. As a matter of fact, the promise is just the opposite. You will suffer because you're counted worthy of the kingdom of God. So you should have an expectation. And you'll receive the grace as you go through it if you trust God. Now look at verse 6. Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation or with trouble those who trouble you. God says vengeance is mine. You don't return evil for evil. God's going to take vengeance. And that word means this. Not just going to get even. He's going to bring justice. Justice is coming. The wicked will be judged, the Bible says. That's what it says. It's coming. Verse 7, and to give you who are troubled rest. There you go. That's what we're looking for, isn't it? That's why I try to escape persecution and tribulation, because I want to rest. And when you're going through that stuff, there's, it's hard to rest. It's hard to rest. And again, I'm not talking about the, again, the things that are going on around the world facing death at this point for my witness for Christ, but there may be some day. And by the way, the fact that we're on the radio opens that possibility a little bit more, by the way. 
Because Lord willing, eventually what I'm saying right now will be on the radio. That gives a chance for more people to hear. In this day and age, it doesn't take much. You can a couple of sound bites, this and that and the other. So someday, somebody may come to me and I'll get a chance to stand up for Christ or not, right? And I guess that proof will be in the pudding is am I lukewarm or am I a Christian, really? Do I believe or not? We may all have our moment in time. Who knows? Now, at that time, here's what I know. I'm a coward, all right? My life is pretty much born, if I'm honest, I hate to say that, but I'm, I'm man enough to say that nowadays. I, I used to run from fights, okay, and all this stuff. Even though it's bigger than a lot of people, I didn't like to fight. I would only fight with people I knew I could beat up, all right? <laughs> Boy. But I, I'm telling you the truth, that makes me a coward. Hopefully I've changed somewhat. But here's what I depend on. The grace of God for cowards like me. That when I need it, and there's none of us, by the way, oh, I think I could get my head chopped off for Jesus. Come on, you're just a big boaster. The only thing that you can rely on is not your own, you know, Peter thought the same way. But you can rely on the grace of God when the time comes. See, that's faith. And I believe that. So that helps me to say, I'm just to speak the truth in love. And let Jesus worry about the rest of the stuff. But he says this, you're going to get rest, verse 7. He says, and to give you who are troubled rest. Ah, good. There's a rest coming. Look what it says, though. With us, when the Lord is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. We'll talk about that next week, the second coming. Again, it's going to be mentioned in the second chapter. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel or the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. The sad thing about the spirit of Antichrist, because that's what it says in 1 John, people that come against Christians or Christianity or the ones that came against Jesus, John talked about the spirit of Antichrist. That means anything opposed to Christ. Not the Antichrist is talked about in the book of Revelation, the tribulation period. That's capital A, the Antichrist. We're talking about the spirit of Antichrist, which means anything that's opposed to Christ. The spirit that we saw at work against Chick-fil-A was the spirit of the Antichrist. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying, I'm not saying those people are the Antichrist. I'm saying it was the spirit of Antichrist because they are opposed to Christ. I think it's interesting that one of the guy's names is Emmanuel. God with us. That part of his name. It's interesting to me. God is just wanting to give us clues all over the place to what's the way things really are. The Bible says that no one will be without excuse, or everyone will be without excuse when they stand before him on that day. But these things are going to be judged, and it's the loving thing for the church to do to tell the truth, to stand for what's right. I mean, if we know, and I believe this, by the way, what we're reading right now, that there's a judgment coming on the world. I believe that. Now, if I believe that, I also believe that I'm going to escape that judgment, not because I'm a good person, because I have a Savior named Jesus, and he died for my sins. I'm going to escape that. I really believe that. Now, should I just say, well, la-di-da, you know, if you guys want to go to hell, go ahead. Go ahead and go. What do you, we see a little bit about what hell is like. That would not be the heart of God. That would not be congruent with being a Christian, not caring about others, right? If you truly cared about someone and you knew what was coming ahead, you would warn them. 
You don't have to stand on a street corner with a sign. There's judgment coming. You can just live your life. That's enough. Live your life. Look what he says. There will be rest for the troubled. And then the second part of this, there's going to be trouble. I'm sorry, there's going to be trouble for the rest. There's going to be rest for the troubled and the trouble for the rest. You get what I'm saying? Christian and non-Christian. He says, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now remember, folks, there are no perfect Christians in the world. So if you think you're one, I'm sorry to knock you off your high horse today, but there aren't any of those. But what there are is those that trust in Jesus. We should be growing, moving forward in our faith. Our faith should be increasing. But we're failures. We prove that. There's been only one perfect person, but we need to... But there are those that trust and rely upon what Christ did on the cross. Now, he's talking about the ones that aren't relying on Jesus now. Verse 9. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Now, that word everlasting means this, that it never ends. You see, the destruction that's talked about, the judgment that is to come, won't ever end. And I say that to you today because that's what the Bible teaches, because some people teach that, you know, there's annihilation. There's a doctrine, it's a false doctrine, that says that people, when they die, they get judged, and then they burn up and they cease to exist, and they have no consciousness anymore. You get that? That would be better than everlasting destruction, because everlasting destruction means that you never cease to exist. You will have a conscious awareness of your destruction. Can you see why God doesn't want anybody to go there? Could you see why we shouldn't joke about hell? It's a real place. It's going to be, there are going to be people in there. But I'm going to tell you something. It's not God's heart that anybody would go. That's why he's long-suffering. God is long-suffering, and he's giving people a chance after chance to receive Christ into their life as their Savior. He says, verse 10, When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints, he's talking about the Christians, in his saints, and to be admired among all those who believe, there's the key, that's what makes you a Christian, those who believe in Jesus, because our testimony among you was believed. And so, what God is saying to the church in Thessalonica about them is that their faith was growing exceedingly. They were coming to know God in a deeper way through their trouble, through their tribulation, through their persecution. God had a purpose in it all. They were going to be more of a witness than they were before. Their love increased towards one another. The Bible says that the world will know that you are my disciples by the love that you have for one another. It speaks volumes to the world. Persecutions are promised to the Christian. Suffering is only temporary. You will the troubled will receive rest when Christ comes back. That's when the rest will come. If you're looking for it here and now, you're going to be disappointed. Some people fall into the trap. Listen to it, the lukewarm trap. And you've seen this, I'm sure, right? I've seen it. Somebody will make a statement that the world picks up on real quick in this day and age. 
somebody that's a Christian or whatever, and it will be railed upon. You can't say that. And everybody will come against them. And then some time will go by, and sometimes not very much time, and then they will retract the statement or change it. Now, sometimes that needs to be done because we all say things we shouldn't say. And I mean by that, they're not true or it's wrong. You said it in anger. You know, we need to make right with that. We need to apologize with that. But one of the things that was called for by some of the people that were involved in this Chick-fil-A thing was they said, we're not going to go there or let him in there unless he apologizes. So apparently if he were to get up there and apologize for what he said, people would be happy about that. So the question is, you know, what does he have to apologize for? What did he say that was hateful? What did he say that he didn't believe? Right? He wasn't saying that he hated someone. He was just stating his, what he believes in. And by the way, that's what God believes in. That's what most of creation has been living by for the whole time. This thing of redefining marriage. I don't know what they were doing in the Roman Empire. They were doing some weird, weird wicked stuff then. But uh, I know that marriage stayed intact until now. Right? It's been, I mean, the idea of marriage. But anyway, this is just one of the things... I believe this is going to be one of the things in our time that's going to bring this in. Maybe it's going to usher in even persecution in the church like we've never seen in America before. But we have a promise in it that our faith is going to increase, that our love is going to increase, that it's only temporary, and that God is going to make it right someday. And it's up to him to make it right someday, not us. We love. He'll take care of the vengeance. So, instead of just seeing it as a war, they're coming against us, our persecutors. Look at a chance to receive God's grace because I'm going to tell you something. When somebody loves somebody when they should be hating them, Stephen being stoned for doing nothing but being a Christian, he should have been a little upset with those people. I mean, in this natural sense. But he was and he was loving them. That says something. And that's what a witness is. They say something. And that's what he wants us to be. That's who we are. And I'm going to tell you something. And I'm not saying, thus saith the Lord, but I mean, the handwriting's on the wall. We need to know the times and the seasons. It seems like if things keep going the way they're going, we're going to have a real chance to testify here in the near future as Christians. So let's be ready for that. And let's expect God's grace to happen when it happens because we can't do it in our own strength. There will be rest for the troubled, and there'll be trouble for the rest. There's much more Pastor Bill Backelman would like to share with you, but we've run out of time for today. This has been another edition of Anchored in the Word, the radio ministry of Pastor Bill Backelman of Calvary Chapel Coastlands in Eatontown, New Jersey. Pastor Bill will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of 2 Thessalonians next time. All of Pastor Bill's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at our website, anchoredintheword.com. That's anchoredintheword.com. While you're at the website, you can follow us on Facebook, learn more about Anchored in the Word, Calvary Chapel Coastlands, 
Listen to more of Pastor Bill's messages, learn about other ministries, as well as upcoming events and our location. That's all available at anchoredintheword.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today. From all of the production team here at Anchored in the Word, we want to say thank you for tuning in. We appreciate all of you that have supported this program. If you're a first-time listener or have been listening for a while, we would love to hear from you. Your testimonies have been a great encouragement to us. If you have an encouraging testimony to share, call us at 732-544-2225. That's 732-544-2225. Now please make plans to join us again for the next study through 2 Thessalonians with Pastor Bill as we stay moored in sound doctrine and anchored in the Word.